0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Brandon Clark, joined with my co-host, Brad Gray. And we are coming to you from the Fargo Studios of the Real Presence Radio Network. We've had a great morning, we're heading into our final conversation. And it is an important one. You know, we talked about important conversations. Um, mm-hmm. We have had a lot of them. Yep. Uh, and this also is an important one. One that, surprisingly, Brad, um, as many friends as I have... Who have had children? Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of friends who are struggling to get pregnant, and I'm in that boat. Yeah. Um, T- Tonya and I have been married uh, almost six years, um, and we have also struggled to have children um, and are, are have infertility. And so, you know, I think it's something that um, you know as we get into talking with Mark Sherman, he's the founder and CEO of Organic Conceptions. Um, it's not a foreign topic to no. a lot of people who even may be listening.
1: And it's becoming more and more prevalent as as you yourself know and as Mark will be able to share with us as well uh, that's certainly something i'm I'm finding in my work with the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Diocese of Fargo that this is uh, this is becoming more common than it, it once was. You know? Right.
0: And, and I think one of the struggles, which is why I'm glad we have Mark on this morning, um, at, the, at least in, in, in our own marriage, was like, w- where do you turn to for help? You know, mm-hmm. wh- where are the resources that are available to help couples struggling with infertility? Because mm-hmm. when you look around, or maybe we haven't been looking in the right places, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of help. There doesn't right. seem like there's a lot of resources. Because right. yep. it's, it's maybe a newer thing.
1: And and the beauty of what Mark and Organic Conceptions offer is there, there are ways that, that people will try to look to how do I solve the problem of infertility, but oftentimes, most of the time, the question of what about the relationship in the midst of this process? And that's what Organic Conceptions really brings to the table. So um, good morning, Mark. Uh, we're so happy that well, you're on with us this morning.
2: Well, well good morning, and thank you for you know, making time for such an important topic. And certainly, Brandon, thanks for your courage and vulnerability to come forward and share that you're in the midst of the struggle, we'll we certainly will be praying for
0: you. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, maybe for uh, listeners, because uh, we've never had you on before, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how Organic Conceptions came to be.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I am married. I have three children, um, Maxwell, uh, Emerson, and Grace. I have a son and two girls in Uh, And Organic Conceptions was founded as a result of a very personal experience like you, Brandon, where my wife and I dealt with infertility. And I don't even like using that word. It's such a final label. But we struggled to conceive for many years. It was close to a decade. And I'm sure that you understand that there's probably not even the appropriate adjective to describe what it means when you are living with that tremendous uncertainty. And for my wife and I, every month, You know, our lives became these 30-day increments where you go from hope that maybe this is a month to despair, and it really doesn't take long before that cycle can wear you down as an individual, as a couple, and certainly your love and joy and trust in this process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely speak to that 30-day cycle. Um, In fact, uh, my wife and I just, at at a certain point, um, stopped charting because we we didn't want to deal with the the disappointment, um, or, or the, the false hope, you know, um, and I'm not sure how much of that is healthy, but that's where we were at at the time.
2: Yeah. Well, I think what what gets healthy is you guys valuing yourself and each other as part of this, this model. I think it's so easy to become fixated on the physical makeup of our bodies and the charting and the diets and the toxins And listen, we're not here to ever suggest what is right or wrong, but I think what gets lost is we really dismiss ourselves, we dismiss each other, we dismiss the things that make us who we are and things that still bring us joy. Everything that we did, at least my wife and I and all the people that we researched, became almost an obsession to find the fix, to find the answers, to solve this, because there's this great urgency that we're running out of time. I don't think there's any woman that feels like, I'm told my clock is ticking, as I get older this will be harder and that induces such a level of fear and panic that really can change the course for so many couples.
1: So Mark, tell us a little bit then about how you went from from that experience to beginning at organic conceptions. How did how was organic yeah, conceptions sure. conceived?
2: Yeah, so for my wife and I and Brandon, I know you've heard the story and I know Brad has as well anyone that has ever struggled has heard the story of the couple that went through years of difficulties, and then they decided to shift their path, maybe adopt a child, and they had this surprise, <laughs> miraculous, unexpected conception. And I'm, You're laughing because you've heard it, and yep. my wife and I, people would come out of the woodwork when we're struggling to share that story with us, and it really just, dis- in many ways, dismissed what we were feeling in everything that we're trying to do to, to build our families, and it also indirectly tells couples you, you need to give up on the path in the way in which you, you envisioned it, it as a way to almost trick your body into a, a natural conception, which we don't want people adopting children if that's not their, their path that they feel certain about. But for my wife and I, that instance, that frustrating story that was told to us so often happened to us not just once, but two years after struggling um, for close to eight years in total. So we had two times that we had this unexpected conception. Um, I felt really frustrated that for our years of struggling, everything out in the industry was focused on our physical makeup, and there was nothing there to call attention to the importance of how we might optimize our emotional health and well-being. Actually, how do we prepare our mind for a successful journey? And uh, so I left my career and partnered with a PhD, Dr. Kate Webster, and we're the first organization to ever research all variations of couples that struggled for years, and then had this surprise, unexpected conception. And we uncover these nine psychological stages or transitions that could basically explain statistically these stages that people move through and we created a course that's designed to help couples uh emotionally um optimize their well-being for a more successful outcome we can't suggest an outcome no one in the industry should ever suggest that we all don't know this is not in our hands but what is lost in the process is the importance of each other our connection and our ability to really process what we are going through in a way that ensures that we are in the best place possible emotionally for a successful outcome.
0: Yeah, if you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Mark Sherman, founder and CEO of Organic Conceptions, uh, helping couples struggling with, uh, with the ability to not conceive. And, uh, you know, Mark, you talked about the stages, the, the nine stages. Can you just explain a little bit about maybe each of those nine stages and, and what couples go through?
2: Yeah, I think that the nine stages in the course that we created are are really uh, underneath these three key chapters, and it will probably save us a lot of time. uh, Since it's a seven-hour course, it's hard to go through all of them. But (laughs) at the highest level, one of the chapters is called The Conception of Doubt, and this is where we start to, what is the process in which, as we have expectations, they collide with the monthly disappointments and that delay, and how we start to interpret uh, and very much personalize this delay as a lot of women feel broken, they feel damaged, they feel like I knew it. And doubt is conceived. And when doubt starts to drive, it really becomes the way in which we start to think about ourselves, our bodies, and this journey that we're on. And for so many couples, doubt actually debilitates us and puts us in a fear based mindset. And I think that we all know our bodies are smart, they can sense danger. And what's most interesting is it doesn't take long. Within just a few months of trying unsuccessfully, that early thought, that early worry, that early concern, it's there and it starts to manifest and grow. So the first chapter is related to doubt and the way we're thinking about ourselves and our bodies. And then we have the second chapter where we kind of lose patience and become a patient. There's nothing wrong with becoming a patient, but it's more of the label and identity that we take on. It's the compliance. It's the obsession. It's where we kind of give up living because we're living to try. And really, everything that we love and care for is set aside as we just physically push forward. And then the last chapter that rolls up the last three is the surrendering. This is not giving up. This is not trying to convince people to adopt. It's not letting go of your dreams, but it's this change in the way in which we're enduring our journey. It's the way in which we're looking at our relationship with our journey, where we become more open, more trusting. And as a couple, there's a deeper unity and connection. And it is this idea that most people think they're either trying or living, and that you can actually, that both can co- coincide. And that's actually part of the the recipe for success, in my opinion.
1: Hmm. We, we just had an interview with uh, Dr. James Link, a uh, psychologist, and he we were talking about the issue of hope, and he had talked about how um, the the aspect of, of uh, acceptance uh, of of the reality of of my situation is is critical to actually having hope, and it's kind of that that's what resonates with me. As you're talking about that acceptance, it's not saying okay, this is what it is from here on out. It's just an acceptance of this is where we are, right? I mean that um, yeah. that there's the 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 aspect of railing my head, you know, bashing my head against this wall over and over and over again, um, isn't necessarily the the mode of operation that I should be adopting. Um and that's as it's you say, not, I, I love the way that you put it, that it doesn't mean giving up on your dreams or giving up but but embracing that this not being so focused on that aspect of things shouldn't be this way, right? Like
2: yeah, there's so much resistance, Brad. Most people describe it as I'm resisting, I'm trying to force this, I'm trying to push this through. It's gotta happen on my terms. I like people to look at their relationship with their journey as you would look at any relationship with a person that you might have. And what is a relationship? What are the characteristics of a good relationship? It is not always on our terms. It's give and take. It's courage. It's vulnerability. It's opening ourselves up that a relationship builds and evolves. And I think that when people can shift their perceptions and perspectives on their journey forward, when you open yourself up to where this journey takes you, so many people in our research look back, and I know life's easier in retrospect, but they look back and say, gosh, The journey was the preparation. The journey was a gift for our marriage and strengthening it, our gift to to understand how we get through times of uncertainty. Because let's face it, that will only continue to show up in our lives. So it's about changing. Yes, like what you said, the way we're enduring it, where we become hopeful, we become trusting in that there's this path forward and that this doesn't just become time now that we want just to go away, that we just want to forget about it. It's Everyone needs to embrace the uniqueness of your journey. It's your journey. It's not your best friends. It's not your sisters. And when you own it and really take that ownership, uh, it can be very empowering uh, as it relates to, you know, the certainty and trust you'll have as you progress forward versus resisting it.
0: I think that's really interesting when you bring that up mark um, and you know you talked about these key three three key chapters, and i, I can look at them like yep and there, yep and there, yep, and there in my life yeah. um and but you talked about the owning it, which is really interesting um because we obviously um went through all of the the medical processes that we could, including going to Pope Paul the Sixth Institute in Omaha um and uh you know getting surgery done there and everything like that. But uh one of the things that we decided uh, was that we really wanted to own it, um, and so what we did was we we videoed our journey to omaha we We, we did some some Facebook videos while we were down there uh, and and it was It was amazingly received because we we started to at least my wife started talking to people who we 've never talked to about, but found out that they too were struggling to conceive, uh, and they were just so. Um, inspired that we were willing to come out and share our story. And just recently, Tonya and I were, we talking my wife uh, and uh, we, uh, she had heard from uh, somebody on Facebook who said, well, what's the rest of your story? You guys stopped after Omaha. Where, where are you guys going? Like what, what's been happening? And it got me to thinking of, you know, we just, we never know who's watching. We never know who's listening. And you're right. This is our story. This is mm. where the Lord is leading us, for what reason, we don't know. Uh, but, but I think that ownership has been really key for us in recognizing that, yeah, maybe we are called to foster care, maybe we are called to adoption, maybe we're called to get pregnant sometime in the next five years, I don't know. Uh, but that aspect of, you know, this is where the Lord is leading us, and, and we just need to surrender that and, and let Him work and do what He wants to do. That's
2: beautiful. And it takes time to get there, and we can't force people to get there. Sometimes you have to go through your the trials of the struggle and the uncertainty, but I think our hope is to help more people come to this place because everything that we're doing to resist and push, it's certainly not helping their quality of life. It's not helping our marriage. It's not helping, um, and I certainly don't believe it's helping our reproductive health. We're in that fear-based mindset. That's incredible.
0: Right. So, Mark, uh, we do have to take a quick break. Um, I think we'll make it a 60-second break, and then we'll come back and uh, continue this discussion. Mark Sherman, founder and CEO of Organic Conceptions. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this.
3: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
0: Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by Brad Gray. And we're visiting this morning with Mark Sherman, founder and CEO of Organic Conceptions. Um, and we're talking this morning about infertility or the, or the struggle to conceive. It's a it's a difficult topic, but again, one that we really wanted to talk about. Uh, and we have never had Mark on before. So Mark, thanks for being on with us to talk about this. Um, and, and actually, I want to start with Brad, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're the Marriage and Family Life Director for the Diocese of Fargo. And yeah. you first introduced me to the idea of organic conceptions and that the mm-hmm. Diocese of Fargo was working with Mark to... You know, kind of implement something for couples in the diocese of Fargo. So, right. so I'll turn that over to you sure. and just talk a little sure. bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, Mark, we, uh, as as the director of the office of marriage and family life, I, it might have been two years ago I started seeing emails, information about organic conceptions, and it seemed at that time that it was largely oriented toward uh, you know doctors, physicians, uh, people in the healthcare practice for uh, a. a a program that they could use with their patients to assist with you know their, their ministering to them and i was i was intrigued right away because one of the the early things that i had discovered uh as i took on the the role as the director of marriage and family life for the diocese of fargo 5 years ago was the depth of the struggle uh, of those dealing with infertility and you know my wife and i we haven't we haven't confronted that at all we've got uh seven kids Um, but as I became more and more familiar with this, it just, I, I hurt, I hurt for the couples that were facing this. And I think sometimes it can, it can translate into their own experience of God and their, their, um, awareness or their thoughts about how he's abandoned them or, you know, it it impacts, it's so broad in its impact. And I've been wanting for years to try to find some way that, that the church can be close to these couples because I would hear again and again about how they feel overlooked and forgotten by the church they feel uh, neglected on you know Mother's day when when the pastors have all the mothers stand up and they give a blessing or the father's on Father's day and how it it just becomes another dagger in the heart of what they're not and what they wish they were um, and so you know there were various efforts that that I was looking at of how can we support these couples how can we Bring the presence of Jesus to them to let them know that they are loved, that they're valuable, that their, their suffering has purpose. Um, and that, that Jesus wants to be there in the midst of it with them. And when I, so that's when, when I came across your emails, I thought, well, that's, that's intriguing. And so I kind of, as they would come across, you know, I don't know if it was every month or whatever, I became more and more, uh, fascinated by this. And then it seems like it was within the last year that it's, the target audience seemed to be broadened up beyond doctors and and then you had hosted a webinar for our uh, National Association for- Catholic Family Life ministers back in December, and you were sharing about how this is this is something that can be um that's accessible for couples and that you had already partnered with I think it was the Archdiocese of san francisco um and and so I contacted you right after that webinar and, and I was like, well what can we do? Because the, the things that I was looking at previously, I knew of other dioceses doing things, but the, the turnout was poor, You know, whether it be a, a mass for those with infertility or support groups, because it seems like although couples might have the tendency to almost see this as their identity, like we're an infertile couple, that's what we are, um, sure. they still didn't want to be known as that. And so they didn't want to go to a public event for people like me. You know, And, and so yeah. it was always vexing of how can we how can we bring that support? And then uh, in the conversation with you and and talking about how, you know, we as a diocese could pay a subscription to make this available to couples, you know, for three months that they could go through the program without having to to pay the cost themselves was just like a no brainer. It's like, Oh, we want to be involved in this. I want to partner with you and, and, you know, offer that, that support. Because again, as a church, we want people to know that they're not forgotten. They're not overlooked and that they're, emotional well-being is is valuable and significant. So that's kind of my path toward discovering organic conceptions and how we're excited now to be able to offer that to couples who want to make use of, of organic conceptions.
2: Yeah, Brad, I just need to comment. I, you know, Hats off to you for, for taking a, a, a bold move like that. I think that it's the elephant in the room. I don't think that we realize how many people are sitting amongst us every week, every day. Who are living with this pain. And I think there's a ripple effect. It's just not the way a woman is dealing with this. There's a the dynamic of the couple. There's a the dynamic of the loved ones, the friends, the families, the sisters, the brothers, the parents who are all hurting as someone's going through this difficult time. And then even the caretakers, NAPRO doctors, fertility care practitioners, this doesn't leave anyone alone. It, 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 there's a, there's a tail to this. And I think the ability to be proactive. And to have a resource that can be done in the privacy of a couple's home is important. Because what you said at the very beginning is true. People came to us in our research saying, I started to distrust God. Am I with the wrong person? Am I being punished? There's just, there's the do- The thoughts get deep. And we could either, you know, I don't know if to ignore them, but the thoughts are there. And we, we need to normalize what people are going through. We need to validate and meet them where they are. And when you do that, you could hold someone's hand that... First is connecting with what it is that they're feeling and thinking. Then you put ourselves, all of us, in a position to really start to empower people on their personal, you know, journey forward. So it's con- congratulations to the diocese for you know partnering with us. We're ecstatic to have this relationship.
0: Yeah, likewise, Mark. What kind of feedback have you seen for through for from couples who have gone through this?
2: You know what? It's, it, we've been very cautious that, to never suggest an outcome. We tell people that if this. If you're looking at this program as another to-do item to conceive a baby, they're probably not the right place for you. It's truly people that are willing to demonstrate that courage and vulnerability to open themselves up to understand what it is that they're going through and how they're processing it. And to do that as an individual is one thing, but to do that as a couple, that is sometimes hard work. And those that do it and put the time in, it's just incredible when we hear people say, this program was like reading my mind. So many people feel so alone. They actually feel bad about themselves for the thoughts that they're having. Um, And I think that the ability to give people the words, the language, to understand what it is they're feeling, but they can't really have the context to understand why. We get people describing, like, I've come out of this dark, white cave that I didn't realize that I was in. Others have said, I didn't realize how much resentment I was carrying to myself, to my family, to my husband, to to the world. So uh, others say they have greater clarity on their path forward in terms of it's clear what they need to do next and and how to progress forward in a very healthy way. And for so many marriages, they are finding themselves. I had a woman last week that said, my husband did the course with me. She was crying on what that meant to her, Mm. on how she made him feel safe and to understand in a deeper way what it is she was experiencing. Because the way a woman's processing this is different than the man. There's neither right or wrong, but when you can't connect and communicate in a deep way, then women sometimes feel resentment. They're carrying all the weight, all the burden, all the decisions, all the treatment choices. And we got to realize at the core of this, there's a relationship.
0: Right. You know, uh, one last question. We only have about a minute left here. Um, what about for those couples who have kind of made it through the stages and are at the point of surrender, you know, would you still encourage them to, to go through it or, or what, what sort of couples are you trying to reach out to?
2: Yeah, I think, you know what, it's, um, we're always, we, we always will give, if, if the course doesn't help someone, we hope you'll give your money back. We're not here to monetize someone who's in a difficult situation, but I think that those that are certainly in the throes of it is probably where the program is most effective. I would say that people that might be in the surrendering mindset, uh, the the course could help them unravel and make sense of what happened in the past. Part of the struggle is letting go of the past. So I think that uh, we certainly want to get people earlier on or early in the struggle, certainly those in the throes of it. And I think some that that really feel like they're ready for a change and need a break and want to find a new path forward, I think that the program would be helpful.
0: Excellent. Mark, uh, in the last few seconds here, where can people find more information about organic conceptions?
2: Yeah, sure thing. Certainly at the diocese, but also organic-conceptions.com. Um, that's our website, and certainly a lot of information there as well.
1: Yeah, and so for those who are within the Diocese of Fargo, if you visit Diocese of Fargo, Uh, I'm sorry, FargoDiocese.org slash infertility. There's information about organic conceptions there and how to get signed up. Um, The diocese pays a monthly subscription so that you have that access free of charge for three months. So uh, feel free to check that out, uh, FargoDiocese.org slash infertility.
0: Mark, thanks so much. Uh, Hope to have you on again and and, uh, continue the conversation in the future. Anytime. Good luck to you, Brandon and Tanya. Thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, which means it is time for the big guy, Eli, to give us a preview of what's coming up tomorrow.
4: That's me. Great show today. A lot of uh, good sort of hard hitting segments. Mm. It's uh, good to have a show like that every once in a while. Yes. But tomorrow's show should be a little bit more lighthearted, I would think. Still good. it's a lot of information, but could be a uh, more, I don't know, like lighthearted and more in, like uh, <laughs> e- easy listening. There we go. Easy to Tomorrow's listen. show is going to be easy listening with the golden tones of Father Randall Casel and Matt. Welcome, coming to you from St. Michael's Church in Pine Island, Minnesota. They'll start off the show visiting with Grace and Tiffany Dickinson about the diary of a god man. Then at 930 Central, it's your chance to call in with any question you might have for Father Randall Casel during Straight Talk. And Jason Adkins will break down the Supreme Court's ruling on discrimination for religious organizations. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. Coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thanks,
0: Eli. Uh, well, Brad, we have about, a, I think, a minute and a half, hmm. if my math is correct. Excellent. Um, but I don't claim to be good at math. Um, <laughs> Uh, j- just uh, any final thoughts on what we've talked about this morning? Uh, maybe maybe a takeaway for from the morning.
1: Well, you know, as as Eli said, there are a lot of uh, really difficult big subjects. You know that, and I think th- for me, the the biggest thing that has been really a guiding light, especially in these last few years, has been the the reality that Jesus is not present in the midst of everything, whether it be infertility, whether it be pornography addiction, whether you know, in in the pandemic, um, you know. There can be one of the big thrusts right now is this this tendency toward isolation. And I think uh it's important for us to realize that we really never are alone. That we the God of the universe, the god the all-powerful author of all things is present with us at every moment. And so there is cause for hope. There's cause to um to rejoice in his love.
0: Yeah, and I really just think it speaks to um the what what sticks out to me. In, in faith, hope, and love, right? The greatest of these is, is love. Mm-hmm. Um, just how much the Lord loves us and mm-hmm. how he's never going to band us, abandon us. And that was his promise. So thanks for tuning in this morning to Real Presence Live. We will see you again tomorrow morning from nine to 11 central. God bless and have a great day.
1: God bless you all.
3: This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network.